0: Recorded live.
1: Hey, it's Mike. So Religion Dystopia, no inverse of belief. Well, let's see. Uh Bill Dean gave me permission to continue reading his book, so we'll do chapter two, my journey. And a shout out to Corey. Uh uncle obvious we we're supposed to do a show but i don't know he must be i just hope he's okay we we're supposed to do a show so we'll eventually get around to that and shout out to uh andy and all the great stuff he's been sharing with me you folks are going to be amazed at some point if we get this all together and share it with you folks of what is actually all around us and uh Shout out the page as well, and uh, yeah, may God bless you and your wife, and uh, and uh, also Jim, Jimmy, and uh, Ninja's Ninja in the Woods podcast. His wife is not feeling well, so my prayers as as uh, are with you and your loved one in the name of Jesus and um, anybody else that's out there. Uh, may God bless you greatly, and most importantly, uh, that you will find salvation through our Lord Savior Jesus Christ, and He will hold on to you, and you have eternal life. So, my journey, this has been quite a journey to say the least. It's the greatest thing when you know what your purpose in life is. During my travels, I have helped several high-profile people who live in mansions, those who live in some of the most exclusive and upscale communities in the United States. I have been to the homes of many of of the middle class as well, and I have also helped people who live in some of the worst places imaginable, places that must most would avoid at all cost. I have stated many times that by the power of God I go into places that most people would run out of. Again, it's not my power, it's the power of God that is working through me. I have been in many life threatening situations, including several since I became a pastor. However, God is always there, and He has protected me from the harm each and every time throughout my entire life. Isaiah 41.10 Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely I will help you, surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to stop here a little bit. And I want to adjust a few things.
0: finally got my son to go to bed. And I... uh, like to play Protestant... Christian
1: acoustic music for him. Because it's good for him and it's... it's good spiritually... Let's see if that's too loud or not. It's too loud. Anyways, something you should do, I recommend for anybody who has children. At night, when they go to sleep, play play some music in the background for them. The Word of God. If you find some good Protestant Christian music, biblical A lot of the contemporary modern music is all emotional, but not to say much. (laughs) It really doesn't. You you have no idea who they're singing to. Back to the reading. My life was full of so much pain and suffering.
0: Pain and suffering. I wonder where I can expand this a little bit. Zoom. That's too big. I guess I have to keep it that way. It's seventy.
1: My life was full of so much pain and suffering. I was victimized by demonic forces from childhood and into my adult years. I suffered for many years from major trauma. I lived in the fear based, trauma based mindset. I was also traumatized by horrific physical abuse that was directed towards my mother by my father. I was under demonic oppression and I lived in a sea of negativity back then. Both my parents were dead before their age 50 and I have lost many other family members as well. I had no hope, no future no optimism, no desire to live. I felt as though I had a black cloud over my head and everything that I did and everything that I touched went wrong. I know about this black cloud for sure. I know about the negativity. Yep. And uh, my mother, my father, and the... Issues there. I felt as though I had. By the way, well, my mom. uh, She always played to Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ, and I think she's the one to really maintain things that way. My dad was a very, you know, diligent as far or committed as far as work and providing for his family at the basic. Uh, needs of life, but uh, spiritually, no, he didn't have much of that. So that doesn't mean he was bad. A bad man. He just that's who he was. So, but I know for me, for what happened to me was is that my my dad didn't like me, and he made it real clear early on in in life, and it was really confusing because I never had a dad who actually did anything with me or even talked to me. I've never had. It. I mean, he finally, later on in life, when I was uh, around forty, and he, of course, then he would have been in his eighties. He uh, tried once. It was quite pathetic, but uh, I just laughed and smiled. I said, Dad you, Dad, you don't have to do it." So, because he didn't really want to do it. And I think he already made he made it clear too. He said, "The only reason you're around is because you're mom." So which is really bizarre because of all the children. I was the one that was there. In fact, I was there when he died right from before my eyes passed away. Well, he was in the hospital for a couple more days, but he pretty much died there. Um, got him to uh, an ambulance, but you know, by the time he was in the hospital, the pressure was gone. Yeah. So yeah. It even with all the um emotional, psychological abuse that I received from him still loved him and I think that in he, in his own way he tried his best I think to love me but you know when you got all this demonic oppression and suppression and being demonized it's real hard to love so I give him a big break I give my mom a big break I give everybody a big break because now that I know what's really going on <laughs> Gosh, it's a miracle that anybody any of us even get to the point of even accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, let alone being delivered from all these demons that are all around you. If you knew how absolutely overwhelming the evidence is of demonic entities all around you, uh, you would freak out. And I don't know how many of you well, most of you probably end up worshiping these things like everything in the past, but uh, I don't know. It's God's plan that you don't see them until now. Now we have the technology, and He wants apparently because things are ramping up, and you're going to make it have to make a choice: our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, or the devil and all his demons. Jesus, you'll have eternal salvation, but you don't necessarily have an easy ride in this life. And most people will. Well, you know, I don't want to knock anybody because I was that person myself once. So, by the mercy and grace of God, I even believe in Jesus. That things even improved the way they have. That I have a son to love. That I have you folks to care about. That I have this opportunity to do small insignificant uh, YouTube channel and along with that and also doing my research and all that and just sharing the message. My salvation saved by grace of faith in Jesus Christ. Believe on Him. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son whoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And
0: God will be there for you. once you stay close to him, right? Pray
1: for faith if you don't have it. I do. Oh, you know, pray for faith. God grant you the faith. Anyways, it's Black Cloud, too. It's always, I've had that, too. It's like Black Cloud and this big, like, right in the forehead. Like a blackness. Or you'd never really know what you your life is about. What direction is, what you really your meaning in life was. You know? Maybe you know about it as well. Anyways, I felt as if though I was in a I had a black cloud over my head and everything that I did and every everything that I touched went wrong. I know that. I lived with all that for so long until I decided to ask God to help me. I was so tired of being a prisoner, and I I either had to go, I had to get busy with life or get busy dying. I chose God, therefore I chose life. I had to take, I have to take you through the bad times and sad times in order for you to have a much clearer understanding of the miracles Miraculous transformation that has taken place in my life by the power of God. If we go like this, Uh, now I might be able to read a little bit better.
0: It's much bigger now. Thank goodness. I have had so many different experiences over my life, and though I wish that
1: I could go back in time and change some, I have a clear understanding that it was all part of my journey to get to where I am now. I look back on some of these things and shake my head and think to myself that God surely has or was keeping me protected in order for me to be where I am right now and doing work for him. The first bad experience pertaining to me that I was told about happened after I was born in 1966. What a fateful year to have that happen, huh? I was born in 68. Apparently, a hospital accident occurred. As a result, one of my toes ended up being severed. The toe was reattached, and I still have a circular scar around it to this day. More of the supernatural events are going to talk about in the Bean family story synopsis. And now I'll take talk about some other things that have happened to me before we get to that. And I'm trying to read this uh from PDF and I hate reading online. There's just there's something about the frequencies and it just stumbles the eye
0: for me. So anyways. My dad had left us in nineteen seventy
1: five and we moved to Florida. I was nine years old and very, pretty much hated my dad for a variety of reasons during that time. Thank God that I was able to forgive him before his untimely death. He was shot to death in 1987. That's when I was I graduated high school. <laughs> uh, he was a good man who made some bad choices in life. His whole being was greatly affected by the demonic forces that had come upon my family and I. As I reflect upon his life, I can't help but feel so sad for him that his life was altered in such a bad way. This man had ultimate unlimited potential to do great things in life. He was rugged and a handsome man, and he was blessed with great charisma along with a smile that could light up a room. You know, my dad was similar, and I think it was growing up in an alcoholic home, in a small home, and, you know, he ended up... What happened was he finally got sick of my grandfather abusing my grandma on his side, obviously. And uh, so he one day he just beat the snot out of Grandpa Adams, and then... He was put into, um, well, they sent him to, yes, um, children's, home or more, you know, uh, orphanage, and that's where he met my mother. And he found, he found his identity through football. And he was really good football. I think he was like second All State tailback in high school. And always getting like newspaper clippings about him and how great of a football player he was. And then he joined the army in 1950, and the Korean War started, and then he experienced the living hell, where he witnessed many, many men die, and he was never the same. And I think through the war and government alcoholics' home, plus family generational curses, he just uh, he gave up. I mean, He just didn't, you know, he didn't he could have been one of these guys who could have done a lot more of his life. I could have too. But with the generational curses and everything that was going on and not knowing the Lord, well, but here I am now. So, all praise and glory go to our Heavenly Father and our Lord, so Jesus Christ. Can't really complain because... It really doesn't matter how great you are in this life. You know what really matters? is eternal life. My hope is not in this life, but in the life to come. What happened on the cross, in the resurrection, that my Lord Savior has conquered death and has given us a new hope. And someday, through through Him, We might know what it really means to be alive, to live. You know what peace is and joy and happiness. In fact, I'm learning it right now. So, and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of things thrown in my way, a lot of things, bad mistakes I've made too. So, anyways, back to this. He was a master carpenter and could build a house from the ground up. He and my uncle Cliff. Built city blocks full of houses, businesses in Florida in the mid seventies and mid eighties. He could also tear an engine apart and put it back together. He owned big rigs, painted cars uh or i guess they are paint cars painted cars, and did oh I see you say he owned big rigs and painted cars, and did many other things. He was a man's man, very tough, but yet very kind. He became very violent as he, his journey into alcoholism progressed, and it took him further and further down. He was, true, uh, tr- was truly a winner. that ended up being robbed of his victory. That said, when we make bad choices, the devil is right there to aid A Abed fuel the situation until it becomes a huge problem. Speaking of being robbed, I was once robbed at the age of nine by a man in an alley behind some dumpsters. I had decided to skip school on this particular day, and I recall walking to the nearby Herondale Mall after spending some time walking around the outside of the mall and thinking about how I was going to pass the time until school until, until the school bus showed up that afternoon, I recall walking towards two big green dumpsters on my way and back home. On the way back home, then I heard a man's voice say, "Kid, come here." I advanced towards the voice, and there was a dirty, scruffy-looking guy wearing a green army coat he said why aren't you in school and I put my head down and had no reply to him he then said what is that in your pocket I had a white envelope with about $25 in it I had to turn the money that money into school for sales of candy he demanded that I show him what was in my pocket I pulled out the envelope with the money in it, and he snatched it out of my hand and said, Get out of here. I ran so fast out of there, headed straight home. So not only did I not go to school that day, I also no longer had the $25 to turn into school for my candy sales, Needless to say, I was in big trouble with my mom. She had to come up with another $25, which was not easy as we were very poor and she wanted to know who took the money. I described a man as a dirty-looking white guy with brown hair and a green torn-up army jacket with brown corduroy pants and black boots. She called the police and reported it, but they never found the guy. Several years later, my cousin Mike Zanuck and his friend jumped into one of those very same dumpsters to hide from a gunman who was shooting at them. Mike's friend was hit by the gunman and died in the dumpster. I've had just about every type of supernatural experience imaginable. For from my divine experience, for from many divine experiences, to experiences and battles with the devil and his demons, I have also had encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and other non human looking beings. My conclusion on the matter is that all this phenomena is connected in some way. My body has been pushed to the limit many times over the years having suffered many broken bones due to sports, fights, and freak accidents. In 1988, I fell from 50 feet into a small pit, pile of road salt while working construction on a Maryland State salt dome. I have been stabbed and nearly shot several times as well. I have also just armed... A gunman in nineteen oh two while working as a bouncer in a nightclub in Baltimore in the Baltimore area. I have also been a driver and bodyguard, a bar bouncer for twenty two years and even had two matches as a professional wrestler. I have appeared in dozens of TV shows and had have, have given over two thousand media interviews worldwide. There there's a lot more that i could list here but you get the idea my life is tr- has truly been an amazing journey of for worse and now for the better praise god chapter 3 being family story synopsis i don't enjoy writing about these events however in order for me to show you where I currently am in life I must show you where I was. I have stated many times that in order for me to be where I am at now in helping others, it was necessary for me to have been there as a both as a both a victim and an experiencer. My childhood was truly hellish, and this is why God chose me to do the work that I do as a spiritual warrior. I take the suffering of others very seriously and very personally as well. He's got to his house he grew up in in 1975. Hmm. What am I looking in there? There's some some
0: bizarre thing in the left. It was a sign, but the sign is in a really weird place.
1: Anyways, the story you're about to read is painfully true. It chronicles the details of the nightmarish events that unfolded in a house that my family and I resided in from 1970 to 1980. The three-bedroom ranch-style house was located in Glen Burnie, uh, Maryland, in the community called Harrendale. I hope I pronounced that right. The houses in that area were built in the 1940s and were used for military housing. I lived there with my parents, William Bill Bean and Patricia Pat Bean. And my siblings
0: are Patty and Bobby. And then it's got this uh, dark force. The
1: terrifying and tragic story of the Bean family, which is very interesting, is all right, yes. My father, William Bean, learned his trade at a very young age from his father, Clifford Pop Bean, who was a master carpenter. Pop had incredible physical skills and was successful at everything he did. He could build and fix anything and he passed that right along to his two sons. My father and his older brother Cliff were put to work before the age of 10 and were skilled in carpenters by their teens. They were also skilled in mechanics as well, always fixing vehicles for the family and friends. Both brothers also served in the armed forces for a time as well. <clears throat> My mother Patricia Pat Bean, was a very attractive blonde with a slender build. She was very kind and charming and she too had a charisma about her. She was a homemaker and a fantastic one at that. No matter how physically ill a Used and mentally tormented by my dad and demonic forces, she continued to be the best mom in the world to us. My sister Patty, and I recall the house being very eerie at the at first glance. The house was semi dilapidated and had an ominous look and feel about it. A rundown old shed that stood in the backyard was quite foreboding. In its own right, all the windows were broken and the structure was totally rotted out. It had a heavy, musty smell and my mother absolutely hated it. It sounds like a carpenter's home too. (laughs) Too busy fixing everybody else's home and building them to do anything on his own house. You would enter the house from the front door into a large living room. It had a six-foot by six-foot plate glass window to the left, located in between the living room and the dining room. It was a built-in bookcase, excuse me, dining room was a, okay, let me try this again, located between the living room and the dining room was a built-in bookcase that served as a room divider just off. Of the dining room was a small kitchen. Dad knocked out the closet wall at the beginning of the hallway and converted it into a bar. That hallway had such an eerie feel about it. The walls were lined with dark brown panels and there was a hard tile floor that led to the bathroom and bedrooms. And then he's got a picture of the family here.
0: What's going on in the back there? Goodness gracious, what's that? Okay. Picture that was taken in
1: 1974. From left to right, Mama Harvey... Patty, Bobby, in the front of them, Mom and Dad, and me. Look at the large
0: face in the window over my dad's shoulder. Huh. Yeah. That's an evil sucker. Yep, I see him.
1: Maybe we'll do that. I'll, I'll post the image. Um, I'm sure you won't mind. I shared the first bedroom on the right with my younger brother. My bed was closest to the door, and Bobby's was next to the window. My parents' room was the next one down, and Patty's room was across the hall. Her room was the most frightening room in the house. Looking back on the entire experience, I came to believe it was the main portal for the entities. It was always so cold in that room, even in the summer months. The first paranormal incident occurred only a few days after we moved into the house. Dad had taken Patty, Bobby, and I to visit Pop and Mama Bean. He did this in order to allow my mother to unpack and organize our belongings without us distracting her. Mom was hard at work unpacking boxes in the living room when a strange feeling came over her. A sudden chill invaded the living room, and even though it was summer, she felt like someone was in the room with her. And she thought that maybe Dad had come back into the house and was trying to sneak up on her to scare her. She quickly spun around, expecting to see him, but it shocked her seeing that no one was there. Although a unnerved and startled, she composed herself enough to continue unpacking. A moment later, she became downright terrified when Patty's bedroom door slammed shut for no apparent reason. Again, she was alone in the house at the time of this incident, and after that happened, Mom decided to go outside until we returned. Dad made light of it, saying it was her imagination. However... He knew what she had experienced was real. He always tried to dismiss and downplay things. The truth was that he was not able to control these events, and that drove him into escaping reality. Dad had his own long list of things that needed to be done as well. First on the list was tearing down the old shed in the backyard, the decaying structure didn't give him much resistance as he busted it apart, uh, apart piece by piece. Next on his list was to put up a large above-ground pool. He found a perfect spot in the back, on the back side of the house just outside Patty's room. He spent the entire day digging, digging and leveling the base of the pool, the sun scorching hot, but he was relentless in his efforts to get the pool set up. The next day, he installed a liner and a white railing cap. Good for him. He's a tough man. My father was a perfectionist due to his apprenticeship under Pop Bean. He was extremely meticulous about his work. He began his in- inspection, making sure the pool was constructed properly and ready to withstand the gallons and gallons of water it would take to fill it up. As the evening came, Dad put the garden hose in the empty pool and let it fill overnight. My parents rose up early the next morning with eager anticipation for us having our first family pool party. During the night, the portion of the pool had collapsed and many gallons of water had spilled out into the yard and completely flooded it. After turning the water off, a quick inspection revealed that the pool was, bizarrely enough, pushed in from outside. The rail cap was bent and with such force that it should have made a tremendous noise when it happened. Strangely, not one of us had heard anything during the night. Dad fenced the entire yard, separating the backyard from the large from it, the large ravine behind it. I heard many stories that a lot of history existed in that ravine and on the grounds of Horondale. the store, the history stems from many Native American tribes frequent frequently in the area. The deep, tree-lined ravine stretched. A mile a few miles along a few miles long and had sloping concrete sides for the first half mile. If you advanced further south in the ravine, it would bring you to a very different looking area. The bushes and grasses seemed to disappear, replaced by mass quantities of heavy red clay everywhere. It definitely had the look and impression of an Indian burial ground. There weren't many trees there, and the clay ba- banks jutted out to cliffs in some areas. In the middle of the night, 1970, my parents were awakened by sounds coming from the attic. It sounded as if someone was walking and pacing. The attic in that house was very small and nearly impossible for an adult to walk around in. Yeah, it kind of disturbs you when that happens. My mom... Okay, mom said, "Bill, do you hear that? He, dad replied, maybe it's mice. They continued to listen intently for several more minutes when another sound began. It was the sound of the rocking chair in the living room. It had started rocking back and forth on its own. Then they began to hear footsteps coming down the tile hallway. It sounded like boots or hard-soled shoes hitting the floor with each step. The sounds reverberated off the panel walls. As the steps were advancing down the hallway and heading towards their bedroom, Dad jumped out of bed, saying, "That's it." He was ready to confront the intruder, but as he raced into the dark hallways, ready for a fight, he found no one there. I know that. I couldn't have I learned about the uh, uh, binding rebuking of these demons, and man, I, and that was the first time, only time that it happened that I spoke in tongues. And man, did I shout like you wouldn't shout. And I woke up my son. It was back in December, man. That thing was, you know, making, running around in the by his window. And I was just like, I was so mad. So mad. So mad I just wanted to. But when it comes to demons and that, and you can't hit them or shoot them. You got to. Bind them, rebuke them under the blood of Jesus Christ to atone for your sins, past, present, future. You, you bind them under the blood of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ. And you call on the Heavenly Father to loosen his angels with their mighty weapons, like their fiery swords, to come down and beat the snout out of these things. You'll believe that it's real. You'll believe it's real. It's kind of like this. And if there any father, under the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, I bind these demons that are around my house. I bind them and rebuke them. Call upon you, my family father, your merciful gesture to release your angels. They escort these demons and handcuffs, handcuffs far away, wherever you choose to take them, God. Just get them out of here with the power and authority of the blood of Jesus. All praise and glory to you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now, that might sound strange, but it works. These things have to respect the power of the blood in the name of Jesus Christ. They're not to respect you, per se. But they gotta respect Jesus Christ, and if you have just a little bit of faith in Jesus Christ, that of a mustard seed, that's enough to get the ball rolling. And that doesn't mean nothing, your, your your spiritual battles done. No, not at all. There's more spiritual battles to come. More spiritual battles to come. But as for every new battle. You gain a little more strength, a little more courage, a little more faith, and you realize that you're in a really special position to realize, to know about the truth of Jesus Christ, and it isn't a religious thing. It ain't about religion, although it's good to go find yourself a good church that understands Jesus and his words doesn't manipulate it to try to manipulate you. It teaches you things like deliverance and how to self-deliver, you know, self-deliverance and how to be delivered and how to, you know, fight the spiritual battle that every single one of you, whether you believe it or not, is under. That's the real battle. Once you realize that, you realize all the other things The wars and the political um, nightmare that you watch, the theater. Uh, This is these demons that are manipulating these men and women, and they're under such spiritual darkness they don't even realize it, most of them. Those that do finally realize what's going on, they have a tendency to get out of it. You know, as Jesus says, you know, what profit a man, he gained the whole world but lose his own soul. I mean, what, what this, to be in love with this world, it's, it's you have to be so spiritually dead. And most of these people say that they're spiritual people, and they are spiritual people. But the spirits that are motivating them are not of the true and living God. They're not of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. They're of these things. That go around and torment people day and night. Who do not know who the true living God are.
0: a true living God is, excuse me. (laughs) The only way to prove any of
1: this to you is to put it to the test. Fall on your knees. Call out to God for help. Believe on the name of Jesus Christ. Believe on what he did. Believe that your faith in Jesus Christ, in His blood and what He did for you, is real. That scares them. That doesn't mean they're not going to still be lingering around. I see him in my neighbor's yards a time, and I see him, uh, you know, here and there and everywhere. But you know what? They don't. You learn not to be afraid of them. You learn who are the one in control through Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ and his angels and his Holy Spirit trumps all of these, these things. And the truth is, they're the ones that are afraid of you. They're afraid that you will find out this truth. And that you will put it to the test. You will come to realize the power of Jesus Christ
0: and who God is. And that scares them more than anything. Anything.
1: This is the truth. And as far as those folks are involved in witchcraft, sorcery, luciferianism, and demon worship, you're under the illusion, the strong delusion, that you're in control, but you're not. They're taking advantage of you. Big time. Because their goal is to kill, steal, and destroy you, so they'll give you the things that you want: cheap sex, drugs, material things. A lot of these people—that's the reason why they have the matches they have—because they, these demons. Yeah, they'll give you that. This is because that's what's your reward for now. It's because you reject God, the true and living God. This is your reward here and now. And the final. And the icing on the cake for your reward is eternal damnation and to rot in the lake of fire with these things, which is what they want. This is the real story. This is the real battle, folks. This is not religion. And you can say, Well, I don't believe it. Show me the evidence. Well God will do that. But you have to do the first step. You have to fall on your knees and cry out to him, God Almighty, Heavenly Father, Abba Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, save me. Admit that you are a sinner, that you killed, you've lied, you've you've practiced witchcraft, you've been rebellion against the true and living God, you know, that you had other gods, that you played God that you were worshiping these things. That you had
0: idols. That you had you didn't honor your parents. And you
1: you did lie and you did steal. And you committed adultery and fornicating is a big thing that the law of demons to come in is your sexual behavior. Whatever it may be, sodomite, sodomy is a big thing. And by the way It's not just homosexuals that practice sodomy, rather heterosexuals do, you know? Men that like women and women like men do the same thing at times. This is the truth. All that stuff leads to being demonized, even demon-possessed, being sexually violated, being emotionally violated. And these things contribute to it all. Then you have the lies that you are constantly being thrown at you, whether it's through the public school system, higher education, the workplace, the television, everywhere you go, you're being deceived because these things... And the devil, Satan, the ultimate liar, that's his role, his job. You see, there's only one that you can trust. Jesus, Jesus Christ, and without him, you'll never know what love is, you won't, you'll think you do, you'll think it's just simply materialistic, animalistic behavior, you know, well, it's about me being committed to him or her, and then we show up together, and after work, and... Maybe we have sex or maybe we don't mindlessly watch television or go out and party and go to the bar or whatever all this, the mindless things that you do. And then you find out that most of you ended up being a divorce and having three kids or raising kids on your own. You're wondering what the heck happened. What happened was you forgot God. You rejected God. You turned him off. You chose your own desires even worse than that they're not even yours they're theirs these demonic entities and the people that they manipulate through media and the propaganda that's out in the media and in television and in magazines and the shallow people around you they gave you the ideas and it's, you took them over God. Now, mind you, when I'm pointing that finger in this screen that will eventually be, you know, the audio will be recorded, I have three pointing back at me. So not only am I speaking to you, but I'm also speaking to myself, and I'm speaking to God in His Spirit, confessing that I'm a sinner and desperate need of a Savior. And there is no other Savior out there but Jesus Christ. None. No man, woman, no institution, no demon, no other false gods, no religion, no skills that I might acquire, talents, will ever compensate for having God Almighty in your life having a spirit to direct you. Everything else is vanity. And will... End up as dust, as ashes, mold.
0: Everything, everything you ever done, will never mean that much.
1: Yeah, there's people they they quote unquote have their popular novels and their artwork and some of their music, but none of that lasts. And it's only by design that it does by these demonic entities and these the people that are serving Satan that they really perpetuate overall because they're all designed to keep what keep you
0: from one fundamental truth. There's God, and he created you, and the Father and Lord Savior created you.
1: The Father and our Lord and Savior, His only begotten Son, created all things for Jesus, through Jesus, and
0: not for you. For him. You're his creation. And you will live an eternal life
1: outside of this place. And there's a heaven and hell. And there's no way of getting out of it. Now, you can try to rationalize it all you want. You can try to intellectualize your way out of it. Like the millions and billions before you, there's nothing original. the sun, there's nothing original about you or I, as much as we want to think that. It comes down to a very fundamental, simple choice. Do you choose the true and living God, or do you choose a fallen... Care of him, his fallen angel and his fallen angels and demons and the lie that someday you may come become a god in which you won't and in the process damn you and everyone else around you, your family unless by the mercy of God they are woken
0: up you see there's nothing here it's worth
1: losing God over, losing hope through Jesus Christ over. You see, there's nothing. There's no man-made solution, period. Does that mean you don't care then them anymore? No, of course not. The more you have the the Spirit of Christ, you more you care about others. The more, you know, you're not going to go into the bars. And you're going to be there for your children. And, you're going to be there for your spouse. And you're going to realize how fortunate you are with what you got. The story is the same. And no matter what the Gnostics try to offer you, and the Luciferians, and Satanists, and all the otherists out there, all they can give you is a cheap substitute. With the hope of manipulating you enough to have control over you enough to exploit you enough. You see, Jesus came to set the captives free, and he has. But you gotta think
0: deeper. You gotta think deeper. You gotta think deeper. You gotta think deeper, you gotta think deeper than yourself. And you gotta think. Deeper than your struggles. Your personal struggles, which most of it is to
1: do with the demons and because you're rebelling from Jesus. Does that mean you're not going to have struggles? God forbid. No. There's a war going on and you're part of it. But you know what? You must make a decision. By you making, not making a decision.
0: You've already chosen the dark side. Satan's side. You've chosen evil.
1: And you've chosen to believe that evil is good and good is evil. You believed all the lies like I did. Forty-some years rejecting the Word of God, rejecting God... Believing all the nonsense on television and what other people told me and in high school and in college, university, you know, the mindless propaganda books, propagating books out there. And Barnes & Noble and others. Right? Borders and all that other stuff. Anyways, then one day I decided to get King James Bible and I started it's been, it's falling apart now. It's been five years ago. And studying and reading and learning through all, going through all the mazes, all the, the gauntlets of the minefield of lies and deception out there. And it all leads back to one fundamental truth. Is Jesus Christ who he says he is? And the answer for me, after all this time, I'm now 50. By the mercy and grace of God, the answer is is that Jesus is who He says He is.
0: He did create you. He came into this world and took upon the sins of this world and defeated Satan and these demons. He has
1: given you the most merciful gift, a simple thing. Believe on Him, and you'll be saved. Believe in Him. Have faith in Him. And if you can't find it, ask Him for it. If you can't believe in it, ask Him for it. You see, I was listening to uh, Jaron, which I know, and Will, Jaren's from Jarenism and Globusters and Will from Truth is Stranger Fiction. Fiction. Uh, they have a conversation that slowly they're in, deteriorated into neither one listening to each other. The Jesus, now, Will knows about Jesus. He knows the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jaren is totally rejecting it and he's basing all of it on his intellectual prowess the best that he can. And reading the book and just basically saying if the God allows the things to happen the way they are, as a God he
0: doesn't want. The flawed in the whole thing is
1: like I, a Bible-believing, blood-bought, follower of Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, cannot convince you of the truth of Jesus. In fact, using my intellectual prowess in reading the Bible and listening to all everyone else's arguments about whether it's true or not, led me down a very dark path that God has now taken me out of by His
0: mercy and grace, which I don't deserve. The thing that I missed... The faith part, the prayer part, the spiritual part, the humility part, and believing what Jesus did,
1: asking for help to believe in it, to have faith in it, and you see, it's not—it's not some kind of mind control or me brainwashing myself indoctrinated, because no,
0: that's not how it works. You worship God in spirit and truth, and that doesn't
1: mean you don't study the Word of God to prove yourself, right? To understand the Word and what God wants, but if you don't have a personal relationship with God... If you're making up your own God or your own concept of God, you don't know God, and you can say all day long that you believe in a God, but that don't mean diddly squat, because most people do,
0: even atheists do. They just won't admit it. So it comes down to: Do you believe the true and living God? you put your faith in Jesus. And he even gave you a book. And if you strictly rely on your own intellectual prowess, which you've been trained to do,
1: which you shouldn't know by now, if you've been around the block a little bit of time, men can read the same book and get so many different things out of it. The only way, and I don't know if he's talking about the Bible. It could be anything. It could be a textbook in college. And let's ask anybody who ever has proofread a paper in college about a particular topic. Say socialism. You're going to have 31 graduate students. they are going to have 31 different answers to the question. They might all get the basic premise but the details are going to get off and many of them actually aren't going to get the basic premise because they don't really understand what it is really. You can't. It's only by the spirit of God that enlightens you to understand the truth of what's really going on around you. Even his word. He designed it that way. If you don't like it like so many people don't
0: then you will
1: just be tossed to and fro
0: in Ways on an ocean. Wherever life takes you.
1: God is real, Jesus is real. Jesus created you. Jesus is your Savior. Heavenly Father and Jesus created you. John one one. Jesus is the light of world. This world is extremely dark. Someday that darkness will be lit up. You'll see the darkness, and you will see for once what you've done. That how, in all the things that you thought were so important about yourself, this world turned out to be vanity. Anyways, I hope you you do take on the challenge of falling on your knees and pro- crying out to God. And following, you know, his his basic commandments. He asks you to love him and to love your neighbor. That's it, and all the thing, then you need to study his word to find out what that means. You have to.
0: I'm speaking to myself too. You have to. Relying on another man
1: alone, an institution, a church, will lead you once again astray. You have to put your trust in God and have Him to teach you the truth. He will open up your eyes. Man, I was so much in darkness, it's taken Him six years plus, more than that, more than that. But to, even worse than that, I was so down. I was so dark, so full of negative spirits and demonic spirits, and so oppressed. God's really had to work on me to open up my eyes. I'm so glad he has. And I hope I help in any way to open up your eyes too. Anyways, I'll get back to this reading. I promise. Uh, we're on page 19. <laughs> and we're getting ready to study or read about uh, Jim's sister, Patty. and Her running away from home.
0: Should be an interesting range, so anyways, I hope uh my brother um Corey's doing okay. I hope he hears this. God bless you all these days I think contact William Ramsey. I keep seeing him popping up on Skype. Plus.